Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today, and also thank you those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Thanking those who might be listening via the Keel application on their Apple or Android devices. We do thank AARP Louisiana and Abears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, Deer Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep Dealer for being exclusive sponsors of this radio show to provide you with beneficial information each and every Saturday morning. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn how new laws just enacted by a recent session of the Louisiana Legislature now benefit seniors, boomers, and retirees. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information for you and your loved ones. It is Saturday, July the 29th, and we are broadcasting our show from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in wonderful Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show is not live and has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the July issue, but also pick up the August issue that will be available on August the 1st at our 270 distribution locations. We thank for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a printed copy at one of our 270 distribution locations, you can always visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine. In addition, you can view and download the 2023 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory. In addition, you can listen Listen to previously broadcast shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Some great news. Our friends at Ernest Arlene's has brought back the Best of Times special dinner each and every Thursday from 4.30 p.m. to closing with fabulous meals at highly discounted price of only $25. It is highly recommended due to the popularity of this Thursday night special dinner to make advanced reservations by calling 318 318- 226-1325. Again, that's 318-226-1325. We want to thank all of those who attended our Center Well Senior Primary Care Senior Health Expo that took place on Saturday, July the 22nd from 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. at Center Wells Primary Center located in Shreveport. It was a tremendous expo with over 300 attendees, lots of information provided by exhibitors, lots and lots of door prize won, especially a large, large TV set won by one, one of the attendees. Free tours at Center Well took place with many participating in those tours to learn more about Center World Senior Primary Care. And of course, many attendees picked up their personal free copy of the 2023 Silver Pages Senior Research Director. At this particular Senior Expo, we also had bingo. Wow, we had over 200 participants in this bingo who uh, played several games. It won several prizes, and it was a lot of fun and exciting, exciting opportunity for people there. I was honored to have over 100 attendees part of my live radio audience. Uh, that when we did the remote broadcast of our radio show at 9 a.m. on Keel, and it was really a touching honor to have all those cheering and asking questions of our guests. And again, it was a, it was a great event, and I'm looking forward to you attending future live broadcast of the Best of Times Radio Hour.
We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana, and neighbor standing country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears, standing country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas, and I do thank you for taking time to listen to our radio show today. Joining me on my show is a very special guest. It's Mr. Andrew Mull, the Director of Advocacy for AERP Louisiana. So thank you, Andrew, for taking time to join us on our show today. Always a pleasure to be on your program, Gary. Thank you. And while I'm I'm there, I want to uh, offer my thank you to AERP Louisiana for supporting the Best of Times magazine as well as our radio show. And uh, we've been partners for many, many years, and we love supporting all the activities of, of AERP Louisiana and AERP throughout the nation and, and, and also acknowledging the great work that you do for seniors and boobers, whether they're members or not, you know, in our state and, and throughout the United States of America. Absolutely. We're happy to be a part of it. So AARP Louisiana had uh, a lot of good success during the 2023 legislative session, right? And a lot beneficial for seniors and boomers in Louisiana. So tell us about it. Well, yeah, we we had a very uh, successful legislative session. We, I mean, the bottom line is we think that seniors deserve to be treated the same way that we treat other populations um, and that we know that there are uh, hundreds of thousands of, of, of family caregivers across the state who are caring for their loved ones, whether it's a family member, a neighbor, a friend. And um, we, we, we know that um, we need to be helping our fellow family caregivers who are, are providing that care to their loved ones. So, AARP has been uh, heavily invested in providing more supports for individuals who are either um, wanting to live at home in their, you know, uh, in their own home or in their own community, and to also support their uh, caregivers who are also providing that care. Because <clears throat> while we know that uh, there is a time and a place for nursing home care, um, a lot of individuals can live independently with just a little bit of, of help. And a lot of the times that care falls on uh, a family member. So what, what we've been trying to do here in Louisiana is make sure that um, older adults and adults with disabilities who want to live at home have the same options to do so as as other populations uh do as well so uh this year we we passed uh, a bill that creates a trust fund specifically dedicated for seniors that would put a tiny bit of money uh of of our of any excess revenue that the state recognizes throughout the year uh put that little bit of money into a fund that could then be used to 
serve more seniors who want to live at home. Uh, Gary, I'm sure you're aware that uh, in Louisiana we have uh, several thousand individuals who have been waiting sometimes up to 10 years uh, to receive what's called a community choices waiver, which is really just a waiver uh, that allows an individual uh, to receive care in their homes. It's provided through the, the Medicaid program, uh, so you have to be Medicaid eligible. But if you are Medicaid eligible, you can request this waiver. And unfortunately, uh, unlike other states, and unfortunately, if you do request that waiver in Louisiana, you get put on a waiting list. And so that, again, that waiting list sometimes takes up to 10 years. So what we've been really trying to do over the last, uh, probably going back uh, several years, but what we've been really trying to do is reduce that wait list. And the only way to really reduce that wait list is to create more waiver slots. And um, and that's what this trust fund will do is Senate Bill 39 that uh, passed the legislature overwhelmingly with support uh, and is now uh, in law. It was signed by the governor a couple weeks ago and is now in law so that when we have years where the state is a little more flush with cash and has some of that excess revenue I was speaking about earlier, some of that uh, revenue would go towards this trust fund. So we're very, very happy to... uh, uh, have that law now enacted and it was a, a long process it took us a couple years to do it um but um as uh, a legislator once told me the most meaningful pieces of legislation usually take multiple years so uh it was uh you know a long process but um but we feel like we're we're in a good place now. Well, Andrew, congratulate. It was continuous lobbying and and trying to uh, to educate the legislators about the need for this. And I'm sure that you had other advocacies from individual family members, uh, persons themselves, to also make present their case to these. Just tell them it's it's needed and needed soon. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. This was not something that was just uh, pushed by AARP. This was, uh, there were several organizations that were part of this. In fact, there's a coalition of groups that it's called Live at Home Louisiana um, that supported this bill. So it was uh, Team Gleason. I'm sure um, you've heard of Team Gleason. That's the foundation that um, advocates for people with ALS. Right. the disability community was supportive of it. The Retired State Employees Association was supportive of it. Uh, Volunteers of America. Um, over a dozen organizations were a part of this effort. And, um, and in addition to organizations like those that I named, there were also, like you mentioned, hundreds of, of, uh, of individuals, um, advocates who we're really advocating on their own behalf and um, uh, or advocating on behalf of a loved one who was in this situation. So um, we had several bill hearings and votes on the bill throughout the course of the session. Session began just for uh, a little bit of clarity. The session began in early April and wrapped up in early to uh, middle part of June. But at, throughout those two months, we had uh, uh, several votes on the bill and um, packed the, the committee room with, with individuals who 
wanted to tell their story and wanted to um, urge the their elected officials to do the right thing, and, and they did. So it was um, a huge win uh, for individuals who want to live at home. And hopefully this is something that uh, as we – uh, you know, get further years down the process. I mean, um, this is a population that, as you know, Gary, is not, uh, I mean, is, is not uh, uh, getting smaller. It's, it's exponentially <laughs> growing. That's and, definitely uh, true. <laughs> and, it's a, and, it's, and it's a population that is, is, is expensive uh, for the state. And what this bill really also does, or what this law now will do, is kind of help to control that cost growth. I mean, it's a, it's a very expensive population um, and growing population. So we, as a state, have to look at ways that we can um, be fiscally responsible. And while fiscal responsibility is important, it's also, it aligns really well with what a person wants. So um, you're really, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a dual, uh, uh, you know, it, advantageous uh, really to both areas it's fiscally responsible but it also is what a person wants they want to live at home um and and uh, you know there is a time and a place for a nursing home that at some point um we'll all need 24 hour day seven day a week availability for our long-term care but until that time um if we can live independently at home i think that's what think that's what we want well, that's what that's what most of us want uh i, I had a uh, health expo last saturday it was well attended several hundred attended and i had a few people come up to me that were caregivers of um, uh, seniors in the area and um, surprisingly andrew they were both aware of the passage of this bill you're talking about uh, but they wanted to so they they asked me this to ask you I didn't know the answer, uh, that uh, they're excited about it, but they said, Gary, will it open up any more slots, or is this thing implemented yet, or when will it be implemented? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, well, so the law was signed into effect on July 1st, and now what will happen is that we're, we're anticipating the state to recognize excess revenue this year, so when, when do the, they close out their revenue? I, can, I don't remember the fiscal years of, of Louisiana anymore. Well, yeah, the fiscal calendar runs on a uh, July to June um, oh, really? uh, calendar. So okay. it, it, the fiscal year begins July 1st and it ends June 30th. However, excess revenue is recognized throughout the year, uh, usually at the calendar end of the year, so like in December, and then um, uh, there are a couple other times throughout the year where that's... there is excess revenue that's recognized. And so what the legislature does is they meet intermittently throughout the year when they're not in session to appropriate that money where it needs to go. And that's um, something that happens, like, you know, maybe quarterly. It just really depends. So in well, that, December, that's, for example, that's news to me. I'm, I'm surprised they just don't wait to the closeout. So they they could do it in 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 a cycle in a different like quarterly, like you said. That's that's 
different. I mean, the most yeah. organizations that might have a, a surplus, they wait to make sure they don't have any last-minute emergency expenditures in certain areas uh, at the end. So they may allocate funds soon, and then hopefully the process will be opened up, and hopefully AERP and others will uh, will follow through with the administration to make sure they're implementing this and opening this up to hopefully more waiver slots. Because these yeah. these two families that came up to me said they've been on the waiting list for five years, and mm. uh, they said that you know we 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 hope and pray that we can get a little a little bit of support a little system. But we've been doing it ourselves, and and it's been you know it's been taxing on us and our uh, and it's very stressful, but also financially taxing on them. So that, that's the other reason why this is beneficial helps them a little bit financially correct absolutely and what i um what i would say to them uh if they're listening is that uh if they've been waiting five years there is a good chance that um that the waiver slots that will be um available throughout the course of the year will really cut down their wait time from what it was and would hopefully put them in a good spot to get a waiver. Now, what I'll also say, um, in addition to that, is that we also appropriated, we were able to advocate successfully for 500 oh. waiver slots, apart from this trust fund. So okay. let's pretend that the trust fund doesn't recognize any money this year, which um, we're hoping it will. We, we expect it to, but let's say that it doesn't. Then uh, there is money in the budget for an additional 500 waiver slots that we were able to advocate separately from the trust fund with basically the, the argument of let's say that this money doesn't materialize or excess revenue. It may not be an annual thing. We still need to make sure that we're doing something now. So in the current fiscal year, uh, you know, the budget for the state, um, there is, there's money there for, um, additional waiver slots, 500 in fact. So those will be, um, identified uh, probably in the next several months. And you probably are well aware of this, that it's a very, it's it's not just the fact that you have, I mean, it's not just waiver slots. You have to make sure that there are providers available as well. And so you have to make sure the providers are paid a living wage. And in the last session, we were able to increase um, provider wages and, and get them up to, uh, a wage that's a little more competitive uh, than it had been. There had been several cuts to provider wages over the past several years, and so we were able to take advantage of some federal money as well as state money to make sure that those provider wages were, were raised because if you don't have providers, it doesn't matter how many waiver slots you have available, uh, there are still aren't going to be able to, there still aren't going to be services available. So right. you don't have, have to if you don't have providers in the area that are willing to accept those particular cases, exactly. you're not going to be able to. You might get the slot, but you may not have any care could utilize those particular funds to help in the, in the respite as well. But I want those you, two, my, yeah, those two things have to work in tandem. You're absolutely right. Be sure you clarify to all my listeners out there where you are. You know, we're in North Louisiana. We do have listeners in South Louisiana, but 90 percent of my listeners are in Northwest Louisiana and area. So the the 500 slots that you got are for 
statewide, not just for Northwest Louisiana. Correct. That is correct. That okay. is we want statewide. to make sure we want to make sure that uh, that my uh, listeners out there don't think that we're going to only get those, or they're only going to be given to New Orleans area. It's going to be distributed by some factor uh, of a particular factor. And the other thing, let's let's advocate to our listeners who may be on the waiting list. Uh, isn't there a requirement that they contact the state? annually to update themselves on the waiting list, if I recall? I've been there not involved. Is a valid, yeah, there is a validation process that the Department of Health will complete annually. They may send a mailer or make a phone call. They, they make several attempts to contact that person to make sure they haven't moved um, and, you know, sadly haven't passed away uh, and that, and that um, kind of thing. Or if they, you know, maybe don't need the service anymore. So there are uh, opportunities throughout the year to make sure that uh, the wait list is accurate. And and if they haven't contacted you, I would think you would be able to contact them on various means. I mean, if you don't know the number, look up. All the numbers are in our Silver Pages Senior Research Directory for all these waiver programs and direct phone numbers as well as websites as well. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, after we come back from break, I'll have that number so that I can give it out to any listeners who want to okay. either make sure that they're on the still on the wait list or get added to the wait list. Um, so, yeah, but but I do want to qu- uh, clarify that it's 500 across the state. That's new waiver slots, and it's a first-come, first-served basis for the most part. There are certain uh, diseases or disabilities that might move you to the front of the list, things like ALS, um, Alzheimer's, things like that. But for the most part, it's it's based on first come, first serve. Okay. Hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now I work more sponsors and advertisers who do make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana Neighbors, standing country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Ebears, Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas. I do thank you for taking time to listen to our radio show today. Joining me on my show is a very special guest, is Mr. Andrew Mole, who is the Director of Advocacy, I can't say that word today, with AARP Louisiana, Advocacy. I know what's my tongue twister today. I must mean my cold I'm having, Andrew. It's, I generally have no problem enunciating, but sometimes uh, it, it, uh, you having a cold or a minor sore throat can get you. I was still in Ruben, my producer. I've been having a weird cough, but I feel great. I mean, I feel super great, but sometimes, it, you know, maybe it's because I'm 73. Is that what, is that what it is, Andrew? Thank you very much. It's a mouthful. It's, it's not an easy I, – I get it wrong. It has, you know, who who came up with that English language, you know? That's right. Uh, when I when I go overseas, sometimes and people tell me that English is more complex than our language. You you have some of the most unusual sayings, but 
pronunciation and what things mean. I said, yep, no, I didn't design it. You know, the people from Great Britain did. Then we took it to America and changed it. And if you go to South Louisiana, it's quite different than it is North Louisiana. I mean, in the northern states. So, you know, that kind of. That's right. That's it. So getting back to the waiver scenario, if people need to contact the uh, the Louisiana State Department of uh, what who handles all the waiver slots, what's, what's the phone number that they should call? Well, the um, the Department of Health has a special division or office called the Office of Aging and Adult Services that specifically focus on serving seniors and people with adult onset disabilities uh, and for people who are looking for alternatives to nursing home care. Uh, and if you want to add your name to the Community Choices Waiver Registry, basically it's a wait list, then you can call toll-free at 877-456-1146. That's 877-456-1146. And it's a free call. They're open Monday through Friday, usually between 8 and 5. So um, I would uh, suggest that if you have any questions about the program itself, you can, of course, go online and find all kinds of stuff about it, like what? how to qualify, what services you might receive, um, how to get added to the wait list and that kind of thing. But um, calling that number does get you added as well. And, um, you know, just, I mean, the bottom line is if you're, as long as you're Medicaid eligible over 21 years old and meet um, maybe a couple other small little requirements, you're, you're going to qualify. So, uh, then then you'll be on the wait list and hopefully um with our advocacy efforts we're trying to shorten that wait list so that um uh more folks have have access so yeah so that's what we're doing and I, uh, just to recap we 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 did a we were able to get 500 new wa- waiver slots added to the program so that's all that that, that is awesome but going back to that the trust fund. Whether yeah. whether other trust funds established that are act similar, are we are we copying something that's being done? We we are, yeah. And one of the things that um, I mentioned really at the beginning of this program was that we don't feel that um, Louisiana has always treated older adults and adults with disabilities quite the same as we've 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 treated other populations and um, there's been a huge disparity in funding for uh, younger children with, with disabilities. And it's not to take anything away from children with disabilities. It's, it's, um, uh, it's, it's wonderful that there is no wait list uh, for children with developmental disability. Um, but one of the ways they were able to eliminate that wait list is that back in 2000, Seven, they passed uh, a trust fund as well. Wow, that, 2007? Um, Whoa, 16 yeah, years ago. Is, yep, and um, at the time, uh, that's, you know, at the time, the, the, the plan was to include both populations in that trust fund, but uh, unfortunately, seniors were left out, and so uh, we've been trying to find ways to really just achieve equity with um, other populations and to just make sure that we're on a level playing field. And so um, 
that's where the model for this trust fund came from. We, we basically replicated with their full support, of course. I mean, they actually, uh, they, uh, other uh, groups uh, that represent those with disabilities actually supported um, our bill as well. So it was definitely a joint effort. But um, And the reason why is because a lot of the parents of, 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 of those, you know, uh, that are caring for children with disabilities are, are going to be themselves needing uh, care uh, as they're re- reaching their later stages in life. So, um, but yeah, so it was modeled after uh, another trust good. fund. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's good to know that, I mean, you, you didn't have to reinvent the wheel, but it's definitely something's work and something the administration understands and knows about. And that's my, right. fo- my, my follow-up question, which, uh, uh, because I used to be involved in federal and state government, many Andrew, that's many years ago. Uh, I used to know that uh, yes, laws are passed by state legislatures or the federal government and signed into law by the president or the governor. However, most laws have the clause until promulgated and implemented by the secretary. Does, right. this, does this have that particular clause? So that means what I'm telling you, listeners, is there are some laws that were put on the book, signed, but never implemented because the secretary procrastinated or his administration procrastinated or they weren't really for it. So they're going to just delay it as quickly as as tactfully as possible until somebody, you know, raises a flag, either congressional hearings or, it's, or constituents calling, et cetera. Does our administration like this program? Are they going to implement it quickly? Yeah, they do, and um, we had their full support throughout good. the process. That's good. I, I didn't yeah. know. I And I didn't know if this one had a that clause in there that allows them to procrastinate, you know, legally. Uh, no, you're right. And um, what I've learned, I've been doing this for almost, I don't know, it's been almost 20 years since I've been, uh, doing advocacy work, and I learned this a long time ago, is that a law really is just words on a page. It's <laughs> it, making a law, uh, enforcing it, making sure it's implemented, making sure it's enforced, um, is 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 really the sometimes the hardest part. And Passing and, it, it is the easy yeah. part. Yeah, getting it implemented, and sometimes that mentioned secretary, then they add, they keep adding clauses, like the, I'm sure these. These uh, governmental lawyers add the word uh, upon passage of final regulations, right? And that's right. another yeah, big hurdle. So you got to go yeah. through, you got to get the secretary, then somebody's got to jamel up all the detailed regulations and then have to go to the comment period. And it's, it could take years sometimes to get it all through the uh, administrative process and, you know, and everybody's comment and revisions and back and forth. And it's like, wow, it could, it could take a long time yeah. before it's, you even see the plan being implemented for the benefit of, of the, of the citizens of the country. So that's, you know, my, that's my soapbox conference. No, you're, you're absolutely right. But I know that uh, my feeling of you and your other AARP staff and your corporate staff, they, they probably have them under their radar that make sure when they said they're going to do it, they're going to do it, you know, as quickly as possible. Right. For sure. And um, what, one of the things that um, we always do after an important law passes, and this happened back in 2018 when we passed um, the visitation, the Virtual Visitation Act that allowed um, or required nursing homes to put uh, monitoring devices in, in nursing homes, um, it's all about the back-end enforcement, educating the public about the law, making sure that they're aware about it, 
aware of it and uh, know about it and making sure that all the appropriate government officials know about it. So we've been uh, doing a lot of education this summer, uh, and we will continue to do that into the fall and into the next year to make sure that legislators are aware of it, make sure that all uh, department uh, individuals are aware of it, and make sure that uh, the public is aware of it, because a law is only as good as uh, the the people that um, know about it and they can access it. So yeah, that's that's a big part of any advocacy effort. It's the it's the the the, the back end education and outreach to make sure that people know about it. Okay, well let's let's give our our, our listeners a little bit more information. I'm sure they they heard the term you mentioned, but many of them may not be aware of your of your live at home coalition, the importance of those that grassroots group. Uh, in helping you and others in implementing certain things for for seniors and others in our area. Yeah, the the Live at Home Louisiana Coalition. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We're on most social media outlets. But it's um it's an organ it's a coalition of organizations that um, simply care about helping more people live at home. And if you want more information about it, you can contact me. Um, my uh, email address is amuhl at aarp.org. You can also search for the Live at Home Louisiana Coalition on Facebook. I think it's just facebook.com slash live at home, um, live at home LA. And um, uh, always um, happy to uh, talk to folks about it. I mean, it's, it's a group of organizations, but it's also, there are also several individuals that are a part of the coalition. So it's not, um, it, you know, we don't exclude anyone that wants to be a part of it. And really what this coalition does is uh, work together to uh, put together uh, different types of legislation that can help people live at home and then advocate for it and spread the word to others. So it's a really, uh, you know, it's a grassroots Effort and it's um, and it's something that ta- has taken several years. With the, the Live at Home Louisiana Coalition has been in uh, uh, has been around for five or six years, and um, we're only just now starting to see the real you know the benefits and um, the 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 results of of all the hard work that we put into it. When you go to the Capitol now, you see Live at Home Louisiana shirts all over the Capitol, and that was something that didn't really exist five years ago so that's that's really a credit to all these different organizations that have been a part of it um but yeah if if folks want to get involved they can contact me at, at my email address amuhl at aarp.org and i'm happy to um add you to our group so and yeah. you might can you mention also if people want to get involved in helping aarp and in, in its uh and its lobbying efforts etc they should email you as well yeah, same email address. Just okay. um, let me know if if, um, if you want to volunteer uh, with AARP. You don't have to be a member to volunteer with AARP. Um, you don't. There's no age requirement. There's no uh, no requirements at all. If it's just um, if it's something you're passionate about and you want to give back some of your time and volunteer for a great cause, um, we're happy to have you. So yeah, just email. 
Email me at amuhl at aarp.org. And Andrew mentioned the website because I know you have a lot of great information on the, the aarp dot dash backslash la dot org. Is that correct? La aarp backslash la dot org. Is that correct? It's uh it's it's actually aarp dot org uh, backslash oh Louisiana. Sorry yeah. about that. That's okay. Um, you can you, you can get there uh, going. Um, so aarp.org backslash LA for Louisiana, not Los Angeles. That's right. So That's they, right. they have a remarkable website. It has a lot of information. Gary doesn't. Gary has it, what is it called, bookmark. So I just click it and goes right to it. I don't even look what it says uh, in the highlighted <laughs> areas. So, you know, when you're seniors, you have to come up with these little quick aids so you don't have to worry about typing. The less typing I do, the better, uh, because I tend yeah. to do that like that. So, um uh, hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Abears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Abears down in country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep deal. I'm Gary Caligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a very special guest. It's Mr. Andrew Mull, the Director of Advocacy. I got that right this time. With got a, With AERP Louisiana. He's been giving some great update and great news about recently enacted laws signed by our governor that's going to benefit seniors and boomers in our area. So we're thrilled about those particular success stories. We like success stories, don't you, Andrew? Yeah, that's right. And if you go to, uh, we were talking about it right before the break, if you go to aarp.org backslash LA, one of the first things that you'll see on there is some, is some information about the trust fund awesome. that was just passed. So okay. it's, um, it's on, it's up there on our, our website and there's also ways you can get involved if you oh. are so inclined. And I know a lot of my listeners love to go to the websites. They go to our website. They're going to go to your websites as well to learn more information and to participate. So I'm glad you keep mentioning it a couple of times. So what are some future issues that you're working on for for benefit well, of seniors and boomers in the area? Great question. We uh, we will, first of all, first and foremost, we know that we still have a long way to go before we have um, a fully balanced long-term care system as long as there are people waiting for services to live at home we're going to continue to keep advocating on so that's something that will will not go away anytime soon even though we have the trust fund even though we have the additional waiver slots we know that that's an ongoing battle um but what i'll say is that uh we'll be beginning a new legislative term in 2024 we'll have a new governor we'll have uh a, a bit of a turnover in our legislature so 2024 is going to be a busy year, and we will more than likely be working really hard on a variety of different issues. One of the things that is really important to um, uh, seniors and to older adults, and it's especially becoming increasingly more urgent with um, the rural coastal communities that are rebuilding from all, all, all the different hurricanes, is just 
uh, investments in stronger broadband infrastructure and really achieving a digital equity um, across the community. So um, there has there you know there has been uh, a concerted effort to coordinate um, federal, state, and local efforts uh, to bridge the digital divide and the. Um, our, our current governor Edwards has really uh, been on the forefront to really bridge that divide and uh, pull a lot of these groups together. And so AARP has been uh, working alongside uh, the governor's office as well as federal officials to uh, to really um, uh, really not really just. I mean, we, we know what the challenges are. The challenges that have existed um, are lack of access affordability and the literacy piece. And Gary, I know you took part in a, a focus group at the beginning of the year to really look at uh, more of an exploration in those challenges. But um, we know that um, this is something that we've got to con- continue to innovate. And um, there will more than likely be some legislation next year that will help to continue to bridge that digital divide. And so AARP has been on top of that. Um, but but mention other, but mention our listeners the, the the broadband situation. You know the the access is mainly in those areas that are not close to large communities and large cities. Right. I mean it's a, it's sad that the, some of the rural areas that hardly even have some cell phone service or lack of cell phone service or the the signal is so weak that uh, even people if they have a cell phone uh, are having a difficulty. So. Uh, uh, um, hopefully, and a lot of them want to access the internet to get information and to help them, like, like others you know, throughout our state. So I, again, I know it's going to be a it's it's a tough deal. And the understanding of I hate to, you're right, the understanding of the literacy in some of those parts of our country uh, is are going to be education is going to be important and to make it simple for them and not make it too complex. Even today. Uh, seniors in Shreveport and Bossier have a difficult time surfing and getting information because it's it's getting more and more complex on your your smart device and your computers. It's not as easy as it I hate to say that like it used to be, but changes are there. Uh, I had one individual say, "Gary, why do all these companies keep updating their apps? Why don't they just keep the same program? It's been working. Why do we have to?" I said, "Well, if you don't work, if you don't download it, it's not going to work because it's the old version doesn't going to work with the new stuff. That so you, know, you have right. to. I'm sorry." And so I don't want to. I like what happened before. I said. Ma'am, I'm sorry, but I didn't make the rules. The, the whoever <laughs> developed that software program or that app that you're using, I mean, you can probably find an old another app, maybe, but you, you the technology moves on, right? That's right. Um, and one of the other things that we've been really working to assist um, our membership around is the fraud and scams. Oh yes. Um, and that is so, increasing exponentially still throughout our state and throughout the nation. Uh, it's amazing how much fraud is going on and, and, and scams. Wow. Yeah, and um, and really that ties into the digital literacy piece you were talking about. I mean, I think they, those two work really hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, and as we see technology continue to get faster and faster and, and sometimes more and more complicated, I think there are... Um, con- you know, there are more opportunities for schemes to defraud consumers. Uh, and unfortunately, seniors are the groups 
that uh, or is the group that gets targeted probably the most. So um, we don't have any specific legislation yet, but um, there's the possibility that uh, we will be working on legislation uh, in the coming uh, legislative session to to help uh, to help reduce fraud. Um, and as far as other things, I mean, homeowners insurance has been an, uh, oh, yes. an ongoing <laughs> issue. I'm are sure, we are uh, we as affected as much as the places like in Florida? Uh, I mean, hearing so much um, on the national news about Florida, but I haven't heard that much about Louisiana. Uh, well, I think if you're uh, south of I-10, uh, uh, then you're definitely experiencing it here okay. in Louisiana. Um, there have been uh, uh, insurance companies that have, you know, outright dropped policyholders um, or charged them uh, exorbitant uh, increases in their premiums. And so there was some legislation that was passed uh, this past year that might help a little bit with that. Um, There was a fund that was created to help incentivize uh, insurers to come back to the state that have left. Um, But I think time will really tell on whether or not those things have any impact um, but that's something that um, AARP has done a lot of outreach around. We've we've had teletown halls around the homeowners insurance crisis, and that will definitely be something that we work on uh, in the coming years uh, as as we need to. Um, and then, really, the other thing that um, I just quickly mentioned, I'm sure you're aware of it, but uh, there has there was an investigation into elder abuse, um, and there has been a lot in the news about that. Um, there was a, an audit that was released back in early July that um, there that, that has reports of, of elder abuse and neglect, and uh, failing to properly investigate those uh, reports that it did receive. And so we're, we're going to be taking this very seriously in the coming legislative session and look at um, what can be done. Well, thank you, Andrew. Congratulations again for a successful dealing with our legislators and getting approval of bills that have benefited seniors and boomers throughout our state. Congratulations to you and your staff for doing that. And thank you for the quick update to for our radio listeners out here in northwest Louisiana. Best wishes for more success in the coming future. And visit their website at www.aarp.org backslash LA. Thank you, Gary. Always a pleasure. Have a great day. Take care. You too. Thank you, everyone, for joining our show today. Be sure to join us next next Saturday for another show that could benefit you or your loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of our magazine at one of our 270 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.